All right. Hello and welcome back to the Plumfire podcast. For those of you who don't know, I'm Luke, Plumfire's operations manager. And today we'll be interview- interviewing Plumfire's founder, managing director, and self-proclaimed plumbing king, Matt Zubrin. <laughs> How are you? And how's the other side of the table feel? Good, mate. It's Zubrinich, just saying. Zubrinich. Yeah, it's Zubrinich, Australian. Zubrinich. He, he probably was Zubrinich. I think I'm, I'm thinking I'm doing the European you know I mean? way. I'm doing it the proper, yeah. the proper no, way. That's just changing. It's Australian either. It's Zubrinich. Yeah, it feels weird, man. I'm slightly nervous, to be honest. That's all right. I think today we just want to give the opportunity for clients, staff, tradies, aspiring business owners, a um, bit of an insight of the roots of Plumify. Um, That's good. So I guess for that, we'll just start with the jo- where the journey began. How'd you find plumbing? And as well, what were your aspirations before you found plumbing? Well, I started off by saying I had no aspirations, man. Um, pretty much was a pretty troubled teenager. Not because I had a had good parents and everything like that. I just, for whatever reason, I just didn't get along with school very well. You know, so I had pretty much no no real aspirations. I don't have like a really good story about how I got into plumbing in regards to like always wanted to be a plumber and like, um, you know, did TAFE, like, mm. you know, Cert 2 or anything like that. I was lucky that I fell into plumbing basically. Um, but if I didn't, yeah, definitely could have gone either way, man. Like, who knows where I was going at that point. So basically my story is that um, I did two weeks of year 12 and I got suspended three times. So, and I'd, I'd, I don't even know why I started year 12. I was never going to finish it. Um, so then I thought oh, I'll cut my losses and I'll quit because my mum was going to an early grave. Mm. And uh, yeah. so I, I, I basically quit, you know, school and then I just carried on with my part-time job stacking shelves at big w i think i did that hey no yeah i think i did that for maybe maybe about six close to six uh four or five months because i can start my apprenticeship pretty close to the start of the financial year i reckon mid mid year i started it yeah um and then because mum worked in a school she just basically begged the uh careers counselor that was a good friend to just help me do something mm-hmm. because at that point all i was doing was going to do night field at Big W, waking up at like 11 o'clock in the morning and, you know, yeah, then just pissing around all day, doing stupid shit and all my mates were at school, so had no one to hang out with. Mm. Um, going to do night field at night and then just getting into all sorts of strife afterwards, mostly related to cars. Yeah. <laughs> cars are my weakness. Yeah. So um, I wasn't like doing drugs or anything like that. Yeah. But I was going to, I was starting to hang out with some people I probably shouldn't have hang, mm. hung out with. And yeah, so mum got me work experience with the careers counsellor, organised it with TAPS. Um, I did two weeks work experience with uh, Wayne Bennett's, who had a mm. company called Bennett's Plumbing. And then he became the, he's pretty well known in the plumbing industry, he became the head SA water inspector. Sure. So he basically shut his business. So he, he, he agreed to take me on. And then um, I went through TAPS. I did about, eight or nine months with Wayne, I reckon. And uh, then Wayne, unknowingly to me, but Wayne was hitting like retirement age at that point. And he um, just hit me with one day, so I'm shutting the business. You know, you're going to have to go back to TAPS. So um, he, and at that point, yeah, he he actually got a job with SA Water. Yeah. So he was, yeah. Just, he was just done with running a business and he was getting on. So he, he still worked for SA Water for at least 10 years, I reckon. Mm. Um, and then I went and did new homes plumbing for probably two, two and a half years, I reckon, till I was about halfway through my third year. 
And, um, luckily enough at that point, I had the self-awareness to realize that probably wasn't learning as much as I yeah, should have been so. learning. Don't want to answer questions before you ask them or anything like no. that, but, um, and just so people know, I don't know what these questions are either. Do I? No, no, no. So I might get caught out here. And then, um, yeah, then I went to another company called PA Plumbers in Adelaide, PAP, and I, that was probably the best move I made because um, I just sort of was doing like schools and commercial work and I was doing, I was running jobs, man. I had no idea what I was doing. I was running commercial jobs yeah. and everything. But yeah, it was a pretty big wake up call when I got there. I realized that I actually didn't know anything. Hmm. You know, I knew how to, I was doing drains I, and yeah and, and i was doing them without even looking at the plan at the end yeah. like i didn't even i knew the measurements off the top of my head and it was like when i sort of woke up one day i reckon and i just was like i'm doing these underfloors i don't even need to read the plan anymore like i'm halfway through my third year this something needs to change so yeah then i how far did we go so i want, I want, the, I want the when, until the apprentice okay you finish your apprenticeship and then yeah then i finished my apprenticeship with pa plumbers and i stayed there for Maybe a couple of years. I loved it there. It was awesome. Yeah. Actually. A lot of like variety, different. Massive yeah. variety, man. I was doing so much different stuff, like council work, schools, like a little bit of mum and dad's work, um, big commercial jobs. So I got like a real vast skill set, I suppose, when I was working there. And that's pretty much got me to where I am today. So looking back on that decision to leave my second employer was like one of the best decisions I made, even though back then I was still a kid who didn't know it. Very yeah. switched on, I don't think, but yeah, it was a lucky I made that decision and, uh, yeah, man, finished my apprenticeship with PAP and, uh, the story goes on from there. I guess obviously you didn't have much direction before your apprenticeship. So as you found that when you're you just happen to like fall into it mm. you found the direction when you're going through it so what value did you do you think you got out of an apprenticeship that isn't kind of related to plumbing skill so what like you know what learnings what personal learnings did you get out of that like life skills had that set you up because obviously before you might you're starting to go down a bad path mm. and it seems like you got on it obviously you're where you are mm. today so i think man it was just learn the first i guess the first two employers i had wayne and where I went to do new homes, I just learned work ethic, man. Um, and you just get used to it. So I was working hard, man. And the first few months was a shock, but after that, it was like nothing to me. Mm -hmm. Like just it's what I, all I knew. So I guess I learned a lot about work ethic and I had a lot of people that, um, especially now, nah, especially even from the new homes, like people who mentored me, I suppose, like yeah. Ryan Blair from Blair Plumbing. Give him a shout out. He um, definitely mentored me a bit when I was young. He was only a young fella too, but he was probably only about 24 or 25, but he sort of took me under his wing and um, helped me grow and develop. And then when I went to PAP, I had other people who, you know, helped me grow and develop. So I would say, you know what, at that point in time, I don't think I learned heaps about life. Yeah. I think it, most of it came after that, but I pretty much learned just to work damn hard, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, you know, you look back at it and you go, that's where I learned. Yeah. That's where I learned it from. Like I always go back to the Steve Jobs quote, man, where he says, um, all the dots, dots only connect when you look backwards. Yeah. And it's so true. Mm. So at the time I, you know, when I left Purdy's, that's where I was doing the new homes, it was, I was, I was packing my DAX, yeah. you know, and I had 
I, all I knew that it was that I was comfortable. I had the self-awareness enough at that age at, you know, I was pretty young then. I was maybe only 18 or 19 because I started my apprenticeship at 16 and a half basically to know that I wasn't learning enough, but I didn't know what, all I knew that was that I was comfortable and I probably mm. needed to get uncomfortable again. And yeah. it's all those moments of everything I can look back to that's helped me grow has been from me being in an uncomfortable situation. Mm. That's a really good like message to give to apprentices about getting uncomfortable, mm. you know, go outside your comfort zone, try to, you know, progress yeah. yourself. Like during your apprenticeship, that's what it's for. Yeah. You got four years of learnings really, isn't it? Yeah. And that's one thing like when I speak to kids, you know, outside of school, they were in or out, sorry, outside of work when I speak to them in schools and stuff. And I, one of the big things I like to drill into a man is that you, you need to be always uncomfortable uncomfortable decisions are if they feel uncomfortable to make them they're usually the right decision so after your apprenticeship you spent two years being a tradesman Uh, did you set four yeah yeah did you set four and then why'd you go out and start your own business (laughs) what what encouraged you obviously you know you sound like you had a pretty good gig where you were Mm. so you know it takes a different type of person to leave that and make that uncomfortable decision business so well i'll rewind it a bit is that in my four probably in my maybe end of my third year i started doing extra studies for my cert four so i started doing like back then i was like waste disposal too and like business studies or so by maybe less than a year out of my apprenticeship i reckon i'd finished like my gas course and i could have a contractor's license you know maybe about so one year after finishing my apprenticeship but I did, I did leave PAP, um, you know, it's a distant memory now, but I, I left PAP cause I was chasing more money you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. and I went and worked for another company that I, I won't, you know, I won't name the company, but, um, I just really didn't enjoy it there. Mm. Didn't, I didn't enjoy the bosses or anything. And, um, and I think a lot of that has to come back to myself too, because I was just a little prick yeah. basically, um, little arrogant prick to be honest, I honestly think I probably was. Um, so I definitely wasn't the best employee either. And, um, but I also just, I think I just didn't like listening to the man, if you know what yeah, I mean, for lack of yeah. a better word. So yeah, I was always considering, um, uh, starting a business, but you know, what? at the same time, Luke, again, like I didn't always have aspirations to start a business. Yeah. It's like the, the tradies dream, like go out, start your own business and then yeah. you've got the perfect work life balance and a lot of money. So that's the, <laughs> yeah. that's the assumption, isn't it? Yeah, really? It is. And I guess that's what. It is what you followed, yeah. and, well, it, and it all happened because essentially, just to be you know, wrap it up, is you know, I was working for this company, wasn't happy. Then my dad, my dad had a heart attack, uh, unex- very unexpectedly, and like he's totally fine now. And he, he was, you know, he's in the hospital for a few weeks or whatever. But that was just like that catalyst moment for me, where I was like, "Nah, life's pretty short." Even though I don't hundred percent know that this is what I want to do, like start a business. Um. I just thought, you know, it's too short. So basically quit and I didn't have any customers or anything. I just started my you own just, business. Yeah. yeah. So you no customers and you just quit. Yeah. Started your own. So how do you how'd you learn? How'd you learn how? Do you just do it yourself? Just Google yeah. video, video YouTube. Like honestly I just mm. learned I learned everything myself. I learned and looking back on it, I did everything the shittest way. Yeah. Well, like at the start. Had all the worst accounting softwares yeah. like really shit accountant <laughs> like mm-hmm. just everything at the start um no systems nothing and 
you just build on that. Yeah, I guess we're getting into the advice a bit later about, you know, tips people that want to start. But if we, like, obviously, from going from no customer base, how did you build into or how did you find the niche that we're in now? So obviously, not just plumbers, but leak detection. Mm-hmm. We just do mainly business business work. How do you discover that? Yeah, and so why do you stick with Yeah, when I started, I and I don't have a really great memory, to be honest with you, like, that's good back, for <laughs> back that far it's like i've got to reflect a bit now but yeah I, I guess i started off doing you know like everyone does like an ad in the messenger mm-hmm. and like gum tree ads and getting just heaps of really crap customers that you don't want and then just over time you meet people and then they move to somewhere and then you're suddenly doing their work and i was doing a lot of real estate agents and stuff and yeah like it is a bit of a blur now i can't really exactly recall sort of how i built my customer base but I, I guess I did get to a point maybe two, two or th- probably three years in where, um, a guy I knew through, I reckon I must've met him on Gumtree or something like, and then I started doing some houses that he was building on the side and, and then he went and worked for an insurance builder still around in Adelaide, basically the biggest insurance builder. And, um, he start he started asking me like, oh, can you do leak detection reports for me? I was like, yeah. I can not like not knowing what it was, no, no yeah. idea what I was doing, but, uh, at that point in time, you can't like beggars can't be choosers either. So yeah, yeah that's a wicked opportunity. And I, I suppose I was also thinking like, one of the things I always had in my mind is that I don't want to be in a ra- I'd never want to be caught in a race to the bottom, Like I don't want to be doing competing tap washes against the next, um, unlicensed gum tree guy. That's just the last place you want to be. Yeah. yeah. So I always knew that. Um, I wanted to do something different. And then I guess I found this niche in leak detection and I just pretty much just went for it, man. Um, and then, yeah, it's had its challenges and like it's, it took me a lot. Like I had to send myself to Sydney a bunch of times. I sent myself to Queensland a whole bunch of times. I had to learn, you know, heaps of different skills. I had no idea what I was doing and it was just a lot of trial and error. Hmm. Started off really, really shit. And, uh. Mate, you're basically just learning from my mistakes. Yeah. You know, I bought a whole bunch of equipment and, you know, looking back on it now, it was like pretty, uh, the lowest level yeah. stuff. Alibaba. Yeah. So yeah. like, well, yeah, basically. And like the, just the lowest entry level stuff you can yeah. get. Um, yeah. And just taught myself how to do it. And now we're here. So how, how important do you think it is for the business to have, like a lot of, there's a lot of companies out there that do a lot of work, they do abroad. Now, do you think it's important to find a niche, like specialize? Yeah, I or... think, yeah, I definitely think it's important to have a point of difference, whether yeah. that's like a niche or, um, I guess there's other ways you can have a point of difference. Without that point of difference, you can easily get caught in a race to the bottom. I yeah. like, you know, I like to call it like competing on price. I think if you can avoid the competing on price wherever you can. And there's a lot more chance of success because if you're just, um, quoting jobs against Tom, Dick and Harry on Gumtree, a customer can't, um, distinguish you from any other plumber. It's, it's always going to be tough. Yeah. How long have you been doing it for now? Uh, it's been, been a while. Detection. Just your, your business. Like, uh, I started in 2011. So, you know, nearly 13 years, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, 
In diapers then. Were you? I reckon. Were you actually? Yeah? Probably. Maybe 10 or something. 13? Yeah. So you were in About diapers About that, then. yeah, basically. <laughs> um, I suppose you learned a lot of the mistakes when you started and in that first sort of period and then you had a bit of a rebrand. Mm. Tell us what, what sparked that. Was it just all the all the mistakes you made and you just got to a point where you wanted to start again? Yeah, well, yeah, pretty much. So good to hear the story of like the first, the first, then how about mm. the second, and what you took across and what you left behind. Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. So when I, well, I guess when I started the business at twenty twenty four, um, roughly, I didn't, man, I had no, I didn't know what I was doing, and you know, like I, I actually have a, I like I said, I don't remember that much stuff, but I vividly remember um, searching through like the ABN business name like what business name can i have type yeah. thing and i remember typing in mjz plumbing which is my initials it was taken and i was like i could not find a business name there, there was just nothing even that was taken so then i settled on like i've always been a car i just love cars and like you know motorcycles and all that and um so i, I decided to call it redline plumbing which mm. massively cringes me out now when i talk about it I think it's as cringy as you think it is. I, mean, <laughs> I think we're doing a bit better now, but <laughs> and it still got it still has a legacy in the company because that's yeah. essentially the company name. name yeah. You know, um, what was some of the branding like when you were redlined oh. to have a little red? <laughs> oh, well, you've done some red research, going up, you? something like that. <laughs> yeah, I had some. The E was like the E. Oh, this is the cringiest thing ever. The E turned back around on itself and became like a taco. Yeah, did you get some designers so back to what you said? I got... Yeah. Uh, That's a tip, young boys. Yeah, my missus, some shit. <laughs> I, um... Yeah, I got my missus friend, Renee, to uh, design it for me, and she's actually a really good designer, but the brief was terrible, yeah. so I don't blame her. But, <laughs> yeah, and then I had went through this phase where I loved... Um, oh, I still love Formula One, and then I, I tried to change... Well, that was originally... I tried to have the colors as like Nico Rosberg had this yellow and silver helmet and I used to love it. And so I really wanted it to be like yellow and silver color scheme, but we couldn't really get it to work. So anyway, then we landed on some other crap color scheme, but, um, yeah, that went on for, man, I don't know. I was redline plumbing and gas for maybe about five or six years. Then I had this little phase where I started leak detection. I thought, I'm going to also start doing pipe locating. So I thought that'd be a good idea. I thought it'd be easy. It's like really hard. A different trade, isn't <laughs> it's it? So, yeah. It's like doing another apprenticeship. Yeah. And then, so then I called, like, I had redline plumbing and gas, and then I had um, redline locating, I called it. I, like I said, going back, I kind of no idea what I was doing. And then um, then I went to redline plumbing and leak detection. I did a little rebrand again on that. And then... It was probably my oldest, my youngest son was just born and I had over this time developed a real passion for business yeah. and, and I was really bad at it too, but yeah, I, did, I didn't three, care. Three of them right there. Yeah. Three bad <laughs> businesses, you know, but I, and I was like no businessman, man, believe yeah. me, I'll, uh, you know, but I just decided like, yeah, my son, my son's out, he's healthy. My oldest son, we're not going to have another one. Um, and then I thought, you know, I'm going to follow my passion for business and I'm going to try and grow the business. So then I 
re- uh, just yeah, I decided to rebrand re- rebrand to Plumify, mm-hmm. and here we are. And you were like, "What the second, second employee?" I'm a, bit, I'm a bit salty about it. <laughs> second, second employee. I remember that day, man. I met you in the car park at Pier. Bugged you for the rest of that day. The end of the day, it was. That was that's a good story for my interview. Don't don't give it away now. Yeah, so I guess that's a bit of the journey so far and like how you got here. So mm. one of the biggest challenges on the way, big broad one, but what have you faced that you look back think like that was hard? One other people about that mm. or just individuals mm. you face along the way? Oh, there's so many. Um, I guess you get a little bit, uh, not numb to it, but just used to like as a business owner, man, your job is just to fix problems. You know, so um, I had yeah, I've had a lot of challenges along the way. I suppose, um, you know, I've gone through like tough periods where could I do any a lot of insurance work, and I was doing it all on my own for such a long time. I've been through, you know, every bushfire in Adelaide since two thousand eleven, basically, and a lot of the you know like the the one out in Kersbrook, the uh, can't think of what's called now. That massive bushfire that went through Kersbrook Cherry and Williamstown, and oh, no, no, it was the other one. Um, Public Creek, that area. Yeah, and you know, at that point in time, I was working like seven days a week, twelve hours a day. So there's been those like periods where you have hailstorm periods, or being all on my own, just totally overwhelmed with work, um, with the inability to say no. Yeah, I was trying to, you know, as a business owner. It's really hard to say no. Yeah, so as you start trying to grow as well, and you realize you want to grow. Yeah. So yes, no. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, then obviously I ha- I've had some really challenging times with um my you know when my f- first son was born, we both were born, and um you know I was just like not sleeping at all, and I was still doing all the work, all the paperwork, doing every single part of the business all on my own while trying to be a good dad, and run a business and we're literally running on no sleep at all. So he was a pretty bad sleeper. So there's been all those challenges. I've had other challenges where like, you know, me and my wife have gone away overseas, um, because you still have to have a life. Mm. And, uh, you know, I've been to Europe and t- taken like five weeks off. So that in itself has its challenges where you're like in, you know, I'm in different in Europe and my phone's ringing and, you know, I'm taking phone calls. I'm trying to organize maids to help me yeah. out to do plumbing. It's just, um, I'd, but I would say, you know what, man, the, the biggest challenges I'll have definitely come in the last three years, Yeah, you know, like trying to grow. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to learn business, I suppose. Mm. Like, you know, I've gone from, um, a point where I felt like, you know, I did, I guess I did my apprenticeship. I learned everything about, well, I, I learned a lot about plumbing. Then after that, I did like a, you know, two or three, you know, two years with a boss and I did like a intensive apprenticeship again, where I was learning more and I was doing the extra studies and when I went out and worked on my own that was like a just um getting really good at my craft I suppose like plumbing and then also doing all the accounting and stuff along the way all the other things you do as a business owner like wasn't doing them very well at all but I think that period especially for the first years was just really learning how to work effectively quickly efficiently but also to a really good standard Mm. so that was almost like another intensive like apprenticeship in regards to actual plumbing you know yeah. and then i guess i got to a point there where i was like felt like not conquered plumbing that's the wrong word but i suppose like i've seen almost everything yeah. in a way yeah. and like i felt like 
you know, the next step for me was then to do like a apprenticeship in business. Yeah. Because that's a, I guess that's a fallacy that people have is like, you can be, um, or a false, but yeah, you can yeah. be the best plumber or tradesperson in the world, but it doesn't mean you're a good business owner, but totally different, you know? Yeah. What, what's a piece of advice you give to a tradesman? Like we said before, it's a trade dream where you think you're just going to go out and start your own and like, you know, be a one man band or if someone goes out and they want to grow and they think they're going to have a great work-life balance, like mm. straight away, they're going to work hard. They'll take the weekends off. Mm. I guess what's, what's a piece of advice you can give to, give to them, you know, maybe warning about the challenges or, or how good it can be as well. Yeah. On a positive note to start off with it, it is very rewarding. Obviously it's usually not what people think it's going to be. And probably the, one of the biggest things I would say is like, if it's a, maybe it's a, it's a no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I've met so many people in my life who are like uh, thinking about starting a plumbing business. As soon as I hear thinking, it's just not, that's a no. Yeah. If it's either I I want it so bad that I'll do anything to make it happen, or it's a no. That's it. Because um, you know, and that's probably it's another Steve Jobs quote. I can't exactly remember the quote, but you know, he talks about like any sane person wouldn't start a business because mm. it's fucking hard, basically. So. If it's not an immediate yes, then it's a no in regards to starting a business. Um, and I'd say, yeah, it's really rewarding, but the, the work-life balance thing is probably not really a thing. Really, it's not. It's a, it's a bit of the case of your work is your life and yeah, that's, work, yeah. that's it. Yeah, there's no, you can't distinguish anymore between work and life. life. It's just life. Yeah. So, um, and I guess you, you only get out what you put in mm. as well. So, um, but you know, everyone also has a different, um, different goals, you know, yeah. what, what yeah. they want to do it for. Some people, I know some people and they do it really well is, um, like an electrician I know who does a lot of work around here. Like he's, he's like quite often fishing stuff like that. Like, you know, he's built a work, like a base of work that's like not massively urgent. So he, you know, he, I think personally, I think. And one knows a lot of people who go out and do a business because they can do like three days a week and have two days off, Yeah, you know, but then that also comes with a whole lot of other problems because if you're doing that, then you're not going to get like to the next level. And I'd say it's just, it's fucking hard. Basically it's rewarding, but it's fucking hard as fuck. That covers, you know, I think a lot of the challenges and people might be a bit uh, scared off of it now <laughs> thinking about it, which isn't no. What? some of the big wins along the way i guess like personally and professionally um like plumify base mm. base yourself and you've hit these goals and they're to do you know starting your own business you wouldn't hit them without them mm. and you're like well it's yeah okay yeah so i'd say from a personal point of view um and like i said it, it, you get out what you put in so i've been putting in hard for 12 or 13 years so that's the precursor to all this to say that, mm. you know, you get out what you put in, you know, I guess from a personal financial point of view and what's helped me at now as well, which you don't, you don't see it at the time, but it opened doors for you is I was able to, you know, pay my house off pretty young. Um, I was able to go, um, away on like really good holidays with my wife, but then they also had drawbacks too, because I was away from my business. You know, I wasn't getting paid while I was there. Mm things like that, but it's opened a lot more doors. I was able to build a place in the Riverland for my family. Um, you know, my two young kids and my wife, 
but I also sort of co-built it. So like I builder built it, but I did like a quarter of it, yeah. did all the plumbing, did all the other bits, organized all the concreting and that, and that's all subsequential, I guess that's not the right word, but skills, other skills that I've learned along the way yeah. that have then, you know, you don't realize you're really even learning them at the time. Even, even how to act as a builder, like, you know, I having my own company, I learned how to organize the shit out of everything, you know, so I was able to organize the concrete in my shack and this guy comes in before that guy and that shed gets built and blah, 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 blah. So yeah, from a financial point of view, wins are, yeah, it's open. It's, it's given me a lot more scope to, um, do and have things that people who don't have a business have, I suppose, mm. you know, but I say the, there's been a lot of wins actually, and it's, it's sometimes it's hard to reflect on them sometimes, but I'd say probably the biggest win that I would just, I could just comes to mind right now is just the people I've met. You know, so now I get, I get to, I'll, some of my mates are just like some of the most awesome people, man. Like, um, one of my mates, Ben, Benny Trues, who owns Elite Scaffolding, like he mentors me sort of thing. He's like a really, um, like epic business person I look up to. Um, a lot of the guys I have in the plumbing industry, like Steve, like Slacky from SDS and Adelaide Pipe Relining, it's a mate of mine. Um, I guess just the circles I'm able to hang out with now is like, is is a win um that takes me on to another thing really quickly it's like networking yeah it's obviously a massive thing that people don't do you obviously you know you've made friends and business and everything just from working relationships really mm. isn't it it's just mm. talking to people and people you think you've never met and then that gives you more opportunity so how important is that to you networking networking do you encourage everyone to massive just I mean, uncomfortable decisions to put yourself out there. If you start your own business yeah. and go to things you don't think are going to be worth it, they might be worth it. I would I say that, that um, you, one thing is you never know who you're talking to. That's you know, so sometimes I've been talking to people and you think they might be the biggest spud in the world. Yeah. But, you know, if you give them the time of day and you don't, you treat everyone equally, like some of those people I've found out that are like multi-millionaires and then they've given me a whole bunch of work later yeah. on down the track. Yeah, I've been lucky enough to get myself into a lot of like, un, I guess, uncomfortable conversations, uncomfortable situations. I would, you know, I guess not conversations, but networking's not, no one likes to network. So it's not nice. No, it, and if anyone says they like it, then I reckon they're a liar. Yeah. But I guess it's a skill as well. Okay? It's a learned skill. You get, you start off terrible at it and you just get better at it. But I think it's, it's, it's so much just about being yourself, man. I don't try and like, um, you stay awkward. Yeah, I stay awkward. Like <laughs> yeah. I just tell people I have no the fuck idea what I'm. If I don't, I don't try and pretend like I know everything. And you never know who you're talking to. But I guess like one of the cool stories I have is um, when I, in regards to a networking, you know, is, um, and a lot of that is is leading me to here. What we're doing on this microphone, you know, is um, I had a client function at the master builders building that I so badly didn't want to go to because for every reason in the world, it was like on a weeknight, you know, my wife wanted me to be home. She's supportive of me, but of course she wanted me to be home with two kids and all that. But you know, I like, it was one that goes back to one of those things. It's like, it was uncomfortable and I so badly didn't want to go, but I knew that I should go. No, I knew that I wanted to go the right word to say yeah. should is like someone else's values where I wanted to go. Yeah. So 
I went so bad. I didn't want to go. Like I got there, um, to the master builders building and I almost didn't even want to walk in. Like I, you know, I just was, yeah. oh, I could just, just go home, yeah. go home and be easier. Anyway, I'm, I'll get into the elevator. I walk into the elevator and, and I look, I look up and, um, cause I'm pretty heavy on LinkedIn, you know, you know, yeah. lot, okay. I get a lot of uh, shit about it, but the guy I stood next to in the elevator, um, I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying it with Will Frogley, um, who's become a bit of a friend and mentor to me, who's the CEO of the master builders. And I knew who he was. He wouldn't have known who the hell I was at all, but he knew who I was because I was following him on LinkedIn. Yeah. And he's probably, one of the type of guys. Probably commenting on everything. <laughs> probably. Like love reacting. And, probably yeah. a few celebration yeah. reactions. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he, uh, yeah, so basically he's one of the type of guys, you know, CEO must be was he's straight away, oh, who are you? I'm Will Frogley. Yeah. Like I'm thinking, I know who you are, but I said, oh, I'm Matt. Matt Zubrinick, you know, from Plumify. I'm just here for the client function. He was going up there. Um. And, uh, I just got chatting to him. He's like, you know, he's pretty easy dude to chat to. Mm. And he's like, oh, you know, what are your biggest challenges? I said, oh, it's definitely, um, definitely apprentices, you know, we're struggling to get staff and apprentices. So anyway, then we were chatting in the elevator and we got up to the function, we're chatting some more and he started introducing me to a whole bunch of people. And, um, this probably goes back to one of the good pieces of advice actually is after that, um, uh, Will gave me his card, yeah. you know, and I just. I, I always make sure when I meet someone now that I've always wanted to meet or that I really appreciate their mentorship or friendship or is, you know, someone who, um, I look up to or whatever. I, I always just flick him a text after and say, Hey, really nice to meet you. Thanks heaps. If you, and this is what I said to him, I just pretty much said like, Will, really nice to meet you. Thanks heaps for, you know, all the, for the chat. If you ever need anything in the plumbing space, give me a call. Do you say that a lot? Do I? Yeah, plumbing yeah, I space. I do. You do, yeah. 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 Like the yeah. plumbing space. space is yeah. Cool. yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know, man. We sort of stayed in touch a little bit, and then one day, um, was I was, I was up at the Riverland getting ready for the flood. I remember it like vividly. I was moving everything, getting ready for the big twenty twenty two flood. Yeah. And um, I got a call from his, uh, like PA, Esther, and she's like, um, Matt, um, can you come on the podcast today? Must be with podcast, and I was like, "Well, I'm in Blanchetown, and I'm two hours from Adelaide, and I've got like scrubbiest clothes on." And I was like, "And everything in my mind was like, this is just so too hard. Like, yeah. I'm nervous as hell. I'm going to be shit." But I was like, "Yep, I'll go." And then I saw I basically said yes, and I worried about it later. Mm -hmm. I that's one of my pieces of advice to people: is say yes. And then just worry about it later, yeah. worry about how you like fo follow through later. So I said, yeah, definitely. I'd love to be there. Hung up the phone. I'm just like, okay, I've got to get to Adelaide within, you know, this was, let's say four or five hours and I had to be there at the yeah. podcast studio in Adelaide. I had to get a haircut because I looked like a scrub. I had to go home, have a shower. I had to get into town, into the pod booth thing. And then anyway, then I was on Will's podcast all from just meeting him in this elevator mm. somewhere where I badly didn't want to be right. And then in the podcast, we'll, we'll ask me, oh, who's someone who you've really looked up to in the building industry? Um, that's one of his questions. And I said, oh, actually Steve Walker is someone I've really looked up to who a lot of people wouldn't know who Steve Walker is, but he's gone pretty low profile on the socials, but he probably was the biggest thing on LinkedIn that I've ever seen. Like biggest profile. He's was the co-owner of Kookaburra Homes. He took the mm -hmm. company from zero to a hundred in a few years and, you know, sold out of it for whatever reason, went and did other things. 
um, turned off his socials. So he's pretty low key now, but his, he was a big a, deal. His story alone is for another his story podcast, alone. isn't it? It's... Oh, Steve, if you're listening, you got to come on because I want it. Please, Matt's been his, talking about his, that. Yeah, his story is insane, yeah. right? And um, so yeah, I shouted out Steve on the podcast. Didn't think anything of it, right? And and Steve and Will know each other really well as well. So anyway, then I'm pacing up and down this office, like or, or sit, sitting in the office chair, chair. A few months later, after that, months later, three months later, I get a text from, "Hey Matt, it's um Steve Walker. Uh, I got a your number off Will. Hope you don't mind. Thanks heaps for shouting me out on the podcast, mate. Um, it means so much to me more than you'll ever know." And I'm just like, "What the fuck, Steve Walker? <laughs> like one of my idols, I suppose. Yeah. Is messaging me, you know." So. Then now me and Steve have become really good friends. Steve's like a mentor to me, basically. He's taken me under his wing. And um, then he, the first time I ever met Steve at the pub um, to catch up in person, he started, He said to me, just an off-the-cuff off comment, um, because Steve got really big through podcasting, basically. It was one of the avenues where he got really well-known. Yeah. He said, oh, you should, you should start your own podcast. Just a total tongue-in-cheek comment. And from that day on, I, I couldn't stop thinking about it yeah. 24-7 for like three months. So this goes for another piece of advice I'd say is like to the young people out there or anybody out there is like be aware of your visions in your mind. All right, you know, like everyone has visions in their mind, but a lot of people just don't go any further with them or don't like journal them or write them down. But like they're really important. They're there for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've had a vision that one day, I'll, you know, I've never said this publicly and I'm going to cop heaps of shit for anyone's going to think I'm a wanker. <laughs> but, you know, of like one day, I, I, my vision, I believe it in my bones that I'll, that I'll have a Ferrari and I'll be able to um, take like young kids, show them, show them, like inspire them yeah. to dream big as well. And like, that's like a vision that I've had mm. in my mind, right? So I document this shit down. And then that was, that was one of them when I, Steve said this podcast comment, I couldn't stop thinking about it. every day for three months. So then I thought, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to do it. But all this, I guess the long stories, Luke, but all this comes back to the fact that I, the question you asked me about learnings or whatever it was, forget the question now, but it comes back to doing uncomfortable things. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that has covered a lot of podcast questions. The why just start and everything. It's uh, Steve Walker. I guess it is unusual for a trade-based business to have a podcast. So mm. where, so you know where that came from? Are you thinking about it? But what made you think I'm gonna do it? I'm like, like, what did you think you were gonna get out of it from the start? Was it experience? Was it exposure? How did you yeah. want to uh, like represent the like punkhead brand? I guess it was a couple of pronged approach, and I guess I don't want to give too much away yeah. because um, there's lots of reasons, and a lot of them come from Steve. So, but, um, I guess I wanted to, one, I wanted to let everyone into the brand. I wanted to show everyone that what we're about, you got to get people following the journey. Okay. That, that's an important piece of information yeah. for people, for people is that, um, people want to be involved in the journey. Personally, I don't think like, you know, on social media, we don't have a big social media yet or anything like that, but. You know, you look at people's socials or their websites or whatever it is, and they're showing like photos of plumbing, photos of like a tap. No one, no one gives a fuck about the tap or the plumbing. The, the consumer wouldn't know the difference. Mm. People care about the journey. They want to be involved with, 
um, someone who's like a company who's fucking putting it out there, mm. trying their hardest. And they want to know the people, don't they? Yeah. I guess like we're not just plumbing, gas being leaked and roofing where the people behind That's it. That's it. I guess. Yeah. So you're getting, giving people an insight in a, yeah, into the people here, the team, the, the missions, the values we've got, that getting on the journey, getting mm. on board the plumber journey to, to become the best, you know, the most trusted B2B corporate plumbing ser service provider yeah. um, in Australia. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons. There's lots of reasons. I want, yeah, I wanted to give the boys and the girls here like a bit of a platform to have fun, have fun yeah. you know, do some sort of marketing that's not just paying for Google ads or, or radio ads. Yeah. Something that's just fun. Yeah. Well, but one of the, like personally, from a selfish point of view, I really wanted to do it because I actually wanted to force myself to learn new skills. So a couple of those were, um, how to ask better questions, because I think that's where you, that's so important in business and life is like, you need to be asking the right questions. Mm. And I personally didn't feel like I was good at it and like, I'm still working on it, but like you ask a shit question, you'll get a shit answer, you know? So. I wanted to know, I wanted to force myself to ask better questions. Yep. I wanted to force myself to get better at research and I wanted to be able to get in front of interesting people and learn their stories. Yeah. And you know, it's all just a bit of fun as well, <laughs> but it's marketing at the same time. And so it's, it's basically trying to, I mean, like I said, me and you talk and strategize all the time and identify that if we don't have a brand where people want to come and work here. People want to get part, be part of the journey, know they're going to get looked after, know that they're not just a number. Mm. You know, we need to create that and get it out into the public so people understand what we're about. Um, and then that in turn will, you know, hopefully create a pipeline of, of people who want to come and work here, good people who want to come and work here because, you know, me and you both identified that without that um, pipeline of people wanting to come and work here, we, we just we're going to top out on the growth. We could go and get, sign every contract under the sun, mm -hmm. but if we don't have the good people to facilitate that um, growth, then we just can't grow. Mm -hmm. So, but also just to do fun stuff, man, we've got a few things in the pipeline that. There's um, a bit in the pipeline, is it? There, there's been some good interest, Luke, hasn't there? Like, I mean, we're both on the uh, Instagram together yeah. and uh, we're getting a lot of DMs and stuff, aren't we? That people interested to come on and, but a few little things. Yeah, like, it's really weird for a trade business to start, but the opportunities out of it are just mm. endless and unreal. I guess. Like, yeah. Just, it's interesting. Like you said, like, it's fun to build a brand. It's fun. I guess, you know, like the, what people need to understand though, is that, you know, you have to get yourself to a certain point for to be able to do this. Like if I didn't have you, the team that allows me to spend, you know, a few hours a, a day or a few hours a a week or whatever it is I'm doing this stuff mm. just wouldn't be possible because you know, this all costs actually quite a bit of money to do. It doesn't get it for free. No, we have a full-time editor and all sorts of stuff. But, you know, I figured like you can spend, um, you know, a thousand bucks on Google ads every yeah. week or you can spend a thousand bucks on doing something fun. So, the, you know, the return on investment isn't like immediate though. And, you know, I don't know if you're going to ask me this question, but I'm going to say it now before I forget. Is that advice you had you said advice to people and want to start a business or whatever? Was that a question you had yeah. for me earlier? Is um, 
is the one of the main differences about own a business compared to when you're on wages is you're making your time horizon is different. So when I make a decision today, I'm not making it for tomorrow. I'm making that decision or that, you know, structural change or whatever for like a one to five year time horizon. I know that like if I spend a thousand dollars today, not coming back to me tomorrow. So I'm working on a longer time horizon and I guess and then that ties back, I suppose, to when I was lucky, lucky enough, I suppose, well, lucky is not the right word because it's, it's just hard work, but to set myself up a little bit financially at the start, you know, when I first started, it's, it's allowed me that, that time horizon to, um, be, I can think one to five years in advance yeah. because I've, I've done the hard work early, paid down a lot of my stuff, you know, which has given me that ability now to think a bit bigger and do yeah which is important when you're running a business because what people need to understand is that um yeah it's not a it's a long feedback loop Mm. so you know you make a decision now you know you you decide like i decided i wanted to do leak detection it's not like next week i'm suddenly gonna be rich yeah you know like i've got to put in like years and years of work so it's you, you need to be thinking you know, ahead, ahead basically. Yeah. Yep. Let's come back to the brand of Plumify. I know like we've got a big focus here on values and culture building. You tell us about those values and how you came up with them. Are they different to your personal values? So they cross over. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we, I guess, or how do you build them into the, into the business? How, how do you get everyone on board with it? And what do we do to keep, mm. keep them going? Like not. Yeah, I guess. Values are super important and that's one of the things I learned from um, doing like the business courses and stuff that I've, that I've done over the years is that just um, values are, I guess going back to when we we implemented them a few years ago is like mm-hmm. I think, you know, a lot of it comes from me because I'm driving the company, but also I went to everyone at the, in the company at the time and said, okay, like what are our company values? What do we want this company to be, to stand for, you know? So we came up with, you know, eight or nine or 10 values and bloody, I'm not going to remember them right now, but you know, a lot of them are like, you know, mateship, doing the right thing, have a crack, raise the standard, raise the standard. Integrity. Um, integrity, you know, but like not just bullshit ones either where it's like, you know, not integrity, just like, oh, we, we did the right thing all the mm-hmm. time. Like we, there's we, a sentence. There's a, yeah. It. There's a meaning behind yeah. them all. Um, and I guess the, the thing about values is that in a business. Um, and yeah, they are, they, I guess they do align in ways with my personal values. Mm -hmm. Um, but these are values that the business can operate under that everyone that it's like, it's like a framework for people to make decisions. Yeah. Essentially that that's how the values. Mm -hmm. So it's like, um, people don't have to go to you to ask every single um, question like, oh, how do I solve this problem or what should I do with this customer or whatever? It's like you can, you can have a license or whatever to make decisions that, that concur with our values. Yeah. And if you make a decision that aligns with the values, that's what they're there for. You can't mm-hmm. go wrong, you know, but I think it was, it was a good process in getting everyone's thoughts on like, Hey, you, you come to work every day. We're not, none of us have won the lotto. 
So we all got to come here. We might as well make it something, you know, fun and stand for something. Mm. So like, what do you want to stand for? I think one of the main ones that came out of that for me was um, that we come up with a company was like the mateship one. Yeah. You know, so it's like we back each other in. Yeah. When someone needs something, we're there for them. You know, if some if someone needs to be lifted up, we lift them up. If and then if someone needs to be also on the other side of things, someone needs to be you know told that that's not good enough. That's part of it as well. That's it. I guess the values are about you know upholding people to them as well. Like we all signed, we all made them together. You sign it on together for it as well, and that's mm. what gives everyone the accountability, which is one of the values I think. Yeah, Maybe. yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm freaked out because of the camera issues we just had, so I think we're good now. We're good. That we just well, that's a learning we had today. That is we a put learning. a new memory card in every time. time. It's going to be a new. It's all learning. It's, it's all learning, learning though. It is. <laughs> um, a lot to plumify, plumify there. I think I'd like to touch on yourself and i think this is a massive thing for i think we talked about it a little bit like the work-life balance having a, a lot of traders have a family and mm-hmm. a business how how's it balanced because yeah. i think that's a lot of that thing that maybe they look over or maybe don't talk about the partner if i think it's a massive issue that mm-hmm. you know you, you start a business but you gotta also balance it yeah um, to yeah, a point it's a so one. it's tough it's um I've had to make a lot of sacrifices. I've missed lots of milestones. I haven't been able to be there. I didn't get to have, you know, paternity leave and be there with my son every day for a month or whatever. I didn't get any of those things. There's definitely sacrifices, but now, I guess, as I get older, I'm, I'm, tr- and now building the team, I'm getting better at balancing it. Yeah. So yeah, it is always, um, like pull it like a tug of war, I suppose, in a way where I'm like, you know, um, I know I need to be at work, but I also really want to badly be home to see my kids. So I guess I've tried to make myself like rules, like, especially of late. Um, and I, I think it's more when it was just me and my wife with no kids, like we were sweet. Um, yeah. she probably didn't want to see me that much anyway. <laughs> so, but, but I guess the kids changes everything. Yeah. Um, but now I guess I've just made rules, you know, like, um, and I'm pretty strict with them. It's like, I get, I get home for four o'clock or four thirty every day. Like, and maybe the sacrifice on the other end is I get to work at six or five thirty or whatever. Um, you know, I make sure that I pick up my kids from school and do those sorts of things. Um, and I don't negotiate on them, you yeah. know? So but I think one of the biggest things actually, man, that we, me and my wife have done lately, and um, I was working on it a fair bit longer before my wife was, but understanding like your personal values and then the values of your partner, you know? So I used to, I know that basically my top three values are basically business, family, and like connection, I suppose, is, is, but you, and you look at the business being number one value and family being number two, like, you know, they're, they're basically the same, but it's on the same par, but you have to pick one to be one and you have to pick one to be two. They're, they're totally conflicting. <laughs> they don't, you know what I mean? Like yeah. business being number one and family being number two, you'd think like, how the fuck do those values yeah. like that's, intertwine that's with each other? That's probably the same for everyone thinking or wanting to start a plumbing business and going to 
with a family. They're mm. thinking like that just doesn't yep. go hand in hand, does it? Like a lot no. of people would have that same yeah. one and two. So I think, so what I've learned recently, and it's been a bit of a game changer. And then I got my wife to come along to this thing as well. And um, basically my wife's biggest or number one, definitely number one value. And I'd say like, it's very common for the, the wife to have that value is um, her number one value is family. She doesn't have a value on business or wealth creation. My wife couldn't care about that. She only cares about, you know, family experiences, you know, those sorts of things. So what, what I learned to do was understand how my number one value of business actually helps my wife's number one value of family. And, and then how did my wife's number one value of family then also correspond and make improve and make better my number one value of business. So it's like you, you linking them and realizing that they're actually all, even though they seem from the outside to be totally opposite of each yeah. other and conflicting, which I always thought they were actually, they're not. So, you know, for instance, as an example, I think, you know, I could, my wife's number one, um, and my number two value, but my wife's number one family is, uh, value is family. Mine is business. So. One of the things we get to do with our family is go to the river in the shack, but we wouldn't have the river if we didn't have the business. Yeah. So you can link these things back to each other. And I've had Mojo on the podcast, who's one of the guys who helped me with it before. And so it's about like linking the values together and even doing it with your own values. Like, so how does my number one value of business, which seems totally conflicting with family, how does it actually help that value, you know, and, and linking them in your brain, like neuroscience shit. And realizing that they're actually all work together in I harmony, think, I suppose. I think that's a really good piece of advice for aspiring business owners is to, I guess, what do you want to start your own plumbing business and what are your values? Like, what's your goal before you do it? I suppose, like, um, otherwise, like how you said, when you started, you've had to go through a reband, re like rebrand and realize everything. But if you can get in the front foot and do it first, and yeah. That's probably yeah, I would definitely say that's huge, yeah. man. I've got a lot of mates who come to me and they one week, um, and my mate who I say he's gonna know who it is when he listens to this, but whatever, I don't care. <laughs> uh, you know, one week wants to grow the business, the next week doesn't want to grow the business, wants to shrink it, wants to grow it again. And I always just come back and say, like, the reason why you don't know what you want is because you don't know where you want to go. Like, mate, it's just like a cliche, isn't it? But it's so true. It's like. How are you going to know like how to make decisions in day-to-day -day life mm. or bigger, even bigger goals if you don't have an end goal? As to, So that's one of the biggest pieces of advice. Yeah, if you want to start a business, like the, the end goal can change, definitely, and it does. But like actually at least have something to shoot for. And, it, and like, yeah, if it's a maybe, it's a no in regards to starting a business. But if you wholeheartedly want to start a business, just at least set yourself some sort of target like, okay, at the moment I'm happy just to work on my own, but I want to work on this skill or that skill, you know, and then maybe in three years time I might want to get to 10 people or whatever, but you need to have some sort of like five-year target that you're working toward. And I guess Definitely. that's what's been massive for us is that we implemented the mission, mm. you know, so it's like we know why we're here every day. We know what we're trying to do. We know what we're trying to achieve. Without that, how the fuck could we make yeah. any decisions, Luke? We would yeah. be able to. Do you want to quickly just touch on the vision mission that we have? And again, like you're saying, just then why it's so important. Yeah. So the mission is, um, to be the most sought after 
corporate plumbing service provider nationally. And I suppose that's also changed now to roofing, plumbing and roofing yep. service provider nationally. So the, the mission is sort of like the what, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, what you're here for, what, what, and then the, the vision is like how, you know, this is how I understand it. Um, and the purpose is sort of like the why, you know, um, so the vision, you know, how we're going to get to the mission is the vision. So the vision is to basically build the best possible team that to, to get us to our mission, you know, like that's, and it's that, that simple. Yeah. And that goes back to doing this and the culture building and the branding, mm. everything does relate back to everything it. relates back. everything we're doing right now, every decision mm. I make in my life and, and business re- revolves back to the mission, the vision and the values, man. Mm-hmm. And my own personal values, the business values, like. All this shit people see, man, like this costs a lot of money, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I do it because it's part of the mission. It's it's fun and um you know, yeah. So but I wouldn't be able to do any of this stuff if I didn't have a bigger goal. goal. Might be clip chasing here a little bit. We were just talking about before how we got some stuff in the pipeline to do with the brand and the company. Mm-hmm. Give me some keywords uh about what's coming up and what's maybe yeah, you know, Plum Fire's aspirations don't spill for the, for the potties. Uh, I guess potties and Plum Fire as a whole. Plum Fire as a whole. Where are we going? Mostly, um, most of the potties. I guess the potty, man, we've, uh, you know, it started, it started off slow and I guess it's still, you know, building, but we've had quite a lot of, um, you know, uh, cool work, things in the works and some a lot of pretty heavy hitters interested. So we've... Um, Any keywords there we can... Tour. Tour, yeah, that's, that's a that's, that's a good. hashtag tour. So, this Instagram, Instagram, yeah. So there might be an Instagram tour happening, possibly of like some Instagram heavy hitters. Might be, you know, possibly we're trying to put in the works. Um, may or may not be, you know, like a van involved or anything, you know, something national. Is Na- another... Yeah, it's, it's very cryptic. This is very. This is <laughs> going to be a cryptic clip. Could be like um, think of the uh, casting couch, but. The van level one, yeah, might be something like that. Yeah, um, yeah, we got a bit of we've got a bit of stuff going on with the potty, mm-hmm. man. So, um, you know, we've had some uh, some people interested to possibly come and you know help us out with it and stuff, which obviously totally can't talk about it and it's not over the line or anything, but possibly might have a trip to Melbourne um, for. I don't want to They're unknown, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But for some, like, you know, conventions and stuff like that happening, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of exciting things yeah, good. on the potty. I'm sure everyone's had a few questions answered there. I think um, that's pretty good for any aspiring business owner or just tradesman as a whole. And I really think we've distinguished why like, we've done this and why Plumfire is where it is. And I'm sure a lot of people do like look up to you and look up to where Plumfire is and grateful for the opportunity to give as well. So I think we'll end it there. We'll probably have to do an Instagram Q&A to, um, you know, few more questions out there after this i'm sure people will want some uh maybe a part two uh, maybe I'll a part two a part after two. this so big thanks to you for coming thanks mate. sharing your story you did well mate yeah, thanks, thanks for interviewing me no worries and uh we're just trying to give the people what they want aren't we yeah we are and that's give my the other people thing i keep saying isn't it yeah give it to people i've like been we've been hit up a few times and they want to yeah. know the story so uh yeah oh, i guess i i'm you know what man like one final thing i'd say is like i'm just a normal bloke man yeah. Like, um, people, I think as you get bigger and bigger and like, we're still only a small plumbing yeah. company, man, but people 
you know, more and more people like look up to you and think you're like some sort of dude who can like achieve, you know, like, you know, like for instance, when I look at say like an Elon Musk, you know, or someone like that. And I think yeah. like this guy must be able to do, he's got more than 24 hours in a day. Like, mm. he can, but like, and I, and I'm definitely, I'm not trying to like put myself on the level of Elon Musk or anything weird like that. But I'm just saying that people tend to like look up to you and think you're some sort of like, uh, I don't know machine or something yeah. but it's like there's no secret man like i'm just a normal dude with a family who's basically just trying as fucking hard as i can yeah that's all it comes down to man and taking risks like calculated risks and just enjoying it man yeah. you know and now i get to enjoy building like a team so now i'm enjoying different shit i'm you know i'm not necessarily doing plumbing anymore or you know finding leaks or anything that i used to do but now i'm put the flip side of it which i'm done you know i'm doing like a a, a business apprenticeship man you yeah. know and i've got people behind me now that like that i'm lucky enough to like you mentioned networking you know so a lot of the stuff i'm learning is just from my networks um and now i get to you know do the other flip side of things which is like i'm really enjoying which is building a team but I'm no different to any other person, man. Like I don't know the answer to everything. I'm shit at most things. I think that one of the things to um, let people know is that, um, you know, like you, you're not, you're no one's good at everything. Like double down. I would say double down on your strengths and try um, get people around you who can help you with your weaknesses or can fill those gaps. Because I know that I'm only, you know, good at three or four things. Hmm. You know, and I'll back myself in to do that. Like, but there's a hell of a lot of things that I'm not good at. Yeah, so you only got your weakest link and yeah. fill them in. So that's that's a key mm. for people. I don't want people to at all look up to me like I'm some sort of like special dude with a plumbing company because we've got a podcast right now. I'm just a normal dude who's trying my hardest. That's it. It's a normal good boy. Yeah, it's just awkward as fuck. <laughs> and, um, you know, just... Uh, putting myself out there and just making um sure that i'm always uncomfortable that's that, that's probably the biggest bit of advice because a lot of the people on instagram have wanted to you know wanted some business advice mm. from me like and like i feel uncomfortable with it because i'm not no business guru at all but it's um probably the biggest one is to, like stay uncomfortable if yeah. you if something feels if a decision feels uncomfortable to make it's probably the right one so i think i speak for uh everyone on instagram Everyone here is thanks for coming on. Thanks for like, thanks for just sharing. No worries. Just good. Part two. Part Maybe two coming day. up. All right. Thanks, folks. Oh, I feel for my brother. I feel for my brother. Thanks for tuning in to another Plumify podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, LinkedIn, and all the usual podcast platforms. 